Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening to you. My name is Susie, and welcome or welcome back to the Life Abundant Podcast. I am so excited and so thankful that you're here, and I'm super excited to get into the topic that we're going to be talking about today, which is how to read your Bible. So (laughs) obviously, I do not have, you know, like a fancy Bible degree or I'm going to be able to give you an exhaustive list of all the best methods for reading the word, but I had a friend reach out to me a few months ago and ask tips that I had on doing a Bible study or on just reading the word on a day-to-day basis, and I really wanted to give her a in-depth, really good answer because as somebody who didn't grow up in the church and didn't grow up really even knowing like what the Bible was or how to read it in a way that's helpful or transformative. Um, I wanted to, you know, give her a good answer, I guess is what I'm trying to say, because I know what it feels like to be confused on how to do that. And then I'll confess to her because I'm going to send this to you um, and to all of you and to the Lord that I just did not respond to that because I was so focused on trying to get a good answer that it eventually slipped my mind. But um, I just really want to provide hopefully her and more than one person with this resource of, you know, what it looks like to really get into reading the word and how it truly has the potential and not even the potential, but it has the power to radically change your life. Um, And I feel like the best way to do that is by sharing my own story. Um, We remember stories rather than just facts and figures um, and big long words about, you know, Bible scholars and stuff. So yeah, that's kind of just what I'm going to do is go through um, what my walk with, you know, reading scripture looked like. And hopefully that can be encouraging or helpful to any of you guys. So like I said, I didn't really grew up in the church, didn't grow up reading the word. I would see, you know, inspirational Bible verses on like pillows (laughs) at like random stores or whatever at the mall. Um, But then my junior year of high school, I started going to a youth group and a small group and just really started to um, grow in my faith. And something that I was commonly told by leaders as well as, you know, friends who had been walking with the Lord for a while was the importance of reading your Bible every day. And I was like, okay, like that sounds cool. And I had a Bible, um, like at my house. So if you do not have a Bible, um, and you're not able to, you know, like order one online or go to a bookstore, um, I'm sure that you could um, reach out to a local church near you and they would be happy to give you a Bible for free. Um, One time I bought a Bible at Barnes and Noble and there was like a British man checking me out and he goes like checking out my Bible, like not, you know what I mean? Um, (laughs) and he was like, nothing like make you pay in for the word of God or something like that. That was a really good British accent on my part. You're welcome. And I thought that was funny, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so I had a Bible and I also got a book that. I think it was called like 100 Bible verses or something like that. And it was like a really pretty um, flowery script that just had like a bunch of different Bible verses in it. And I would like use that book and find a Bible verse. And I would find that um, in my Bible, like using the table of contents or whatever. And I would just like write it down. And that would be about it. (laughs) And I did that for a while. Um... I eventually got to the point where I would read like a chapter of the Bible, um, not really in any specific order, 
but I would read it and then, you know, just kind of see what verse or what line and whatever I read stuck out to me, mostly just because it was pretty or, you know, it looked encouraging or cute if I wrote it down. And then I would just kind of go about my day and that was that. And so when people talked about how reading the Bible, you know, changed their lives or really allowed them to have communion with the Lord, I was really confused because that just was not happening for me. I just treated the Bible as a resource. The Bible to me was like a Pinterest board of inspirational quotes. Like that's all I got out of it. Um, And I kind of felt a little stuck there and it definitely made me insecure because the people I was around seemed to know scripture really, really well and seemed to know all these different stories. And I was confused where they like even found these stories because all I had seen was some inspirational quotes. That's just because my eyes weren't open to, you know, the holistic, um, content of what I was reading. So that kind of went on for about a year and a half. And then come March of 2020, that was the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. So because of the pandemic, my youth group wasn't meeting in person anymore. And so something that my youth pastor did to keep us connected, to keep us involved was sent out like a Bible challenge through the Bible app. And the Bible app is another really good resource um, for not even just the Bible itself, but they also have a lot of studies and devotionals through the app. So that could be something that you might find helpful. But anyway, um, he invited me to this challenge through the app. And basically what it was, was at the beginning of, it was on the Gospels. So the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so let's say like it was day one. So there would be a video that kind of had a synopsis of the book of Matthew and then each day after that you would read a chapter a day and there would be a question after you read each chapter on each day that just said like what is God like speaking to you through this like chapter and that's so simple but that is the beginning of honestly like what changed my life in you know reading the word so I remember I was, you know, doing this challenge. Um, The videos that were on this challenge were through The Bible Project, which is a YouTube channel. So if you just type in um, The Bible Project on YouTube, they have so many videos that not only give synopsises of each book of the Bible, but also have videos on different topics of the Bible. So that's a really good resource to check out if you're a visual person or it helps you to kind of have an idea of what a book is about before you start reading it like chapter by chapter or whatever you're doing. So I remember I, you know, watched this video on Matthew. It was really helpful for me to kind of understand um, the content of the book. And then I started reading a chapter a day. And I remember the first time that something really stuck out to me was, um, it's probably in Matthew, like two or three, maybe. I don't even remember. I can look at it's not that important which chapter it is. But anyway, there was a part um, where it was kind of like the Christmas story almost. Like um, it was Mary and Joseph um, before Jesus was born. So Mary had found out that she was pregnant with Jesus. And then Joseph had found out that she was pregnant. And obviously he was a little bit confused because she was a virgin. And he most definitely was not like the biological father. <laughs> um, and it said like instead of you know doing whatever like joseph decided to divorce her quietly i'm actually gonna look up the verse
numbers. Okay, found it. So it's actually Matthew 1. So this, you know, was right off the bat. But it says, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce divorce her quietly. And I remember I read that, and I was like, that's kind of cool, Joseph. You know, he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. And just imagine, like, as a woman in this time, what public disgrace would have looked like. It definitely would not have been fun. And I remember I was like, wow, like, I don't like being embarrassed. That's really cool that Joseph didn't set out to embarrass somebody, even when he had, you know, technically the right to do so. And so I kind of journaled about that for a little, I wrote the verse down, I journaled about it for a little bit and just kind of wrote, you know, like, hey, that's really cool that, um, like, I really respect Joseph that he didn't want to embarrass her. And that's something that I need to be more mindful of is, you know, not seeking to embarrass somebody, even when they've hurt my feelings or I feel like wronged by them. And so little by little each day, I would kind of connect with a verse like that and think like, wow, like I can kind of relate that to my life in this way. And so I went through... Um, I remember kind of like the 50th day, um, so that probably would have been like in the book of Mark, of reading a chapter of the Gospels each day, and I eventually wanted to read more. Um, It was during quarantine, so I literally had nothing else to do. So I did a similar study through the Bible app on the book of Genesis, and I remember reading the book of Genesis and being like, what the heck? Like, these stories are crazy. Like, they're so interesting. They're so like full of so many things that still happen today like jealousy and relationships and sibling rivalry and you know bad relationships with your parents or you know going against God when he specifically called you to do something like I just like could relate to the characters not even the characters like these are real people like I could relate to them in so many ways um and I think like that's just really what gave me a love of the word was like oh like when I go into this like with my eyes open for what the Lord is going to be teaching me, like he's going to teach me something, you know, like I can expect that of him. Um, And yeah, so I remember I finished the gospels. And so I kind of um, got more set on finishing like Genesis. And I was like, okay, I'm going to start just like go cover to cover of the Bible. So I read a little bit of Exodus, which is a really good book, but Um, eventually in the book of Exodus, um, you know, you go from like all this action of Moses, you know, leading the people of Israel out of slavery and these crazy plagues and, you know, all this action stuff to kind of where the Lord's giving him like the law. And the thing about the law in the Bible is that it's really, really boring. So I was like, ah, like, I don't really want to (laughs) keep reading this. So, um, I kind of stopped like at in like the middle of exodus somewhere and i was like okay like if i'm gonna be reading something like this dense i need something to kind of help me and you know we are so blessed to have access to so many resources all around us to help us um understand like the context of the bible um at our fingertips and so especially when you get to places like you know harder books of the old testament or even like paul's letters in the new testament where it's a bit more difficult to understand or put in the context of like what's happening or like there's like a really controversial statement and you're like what the heck like there has to be more context to that that's a really good time to look into other resources um to help you in your bible reading um so yeah now that i've kind of explained um just like the value i found and 
how I kind of got into like a desire to read the word. Um, I guess I'm just going to take a minute and kind of explain um, like the makeup of the Bible, like especially if you're not as familiar with it. So we have the Old Testament, which is where it like is the beginning. So Genesis is the creation story of how God created the world and Adam and Eve and the fall and the first matriarchs and patriarchs of society in general and has a lot to do with creation and the founding of the nation of Israel um, as well as Exodus. Um, So you have the Torah which is the first five books of the Bible and then you have um, and then you have the more historical books like Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel. First and Second Samuel is where you see the story of you know like David and Goliath, um, and just the life of David. Then you have First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Esther was one of the first books I read in the Bible as well. It's really easy to understand, and it's definitely a really good place to start um, for women. Same with Ruth, because you know you do get to see um, you know the Lord through a woman's eyes, um, and that was really helpful for me. Um, and then there's a lot of, there's like poetry books, like Psalms, Song of Psalms, um, and then wisdom, like Job, Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes. And then the rest of the books in the Old Testament are prophets. So what a prophet is, is they are not only prophesying by kind of like that's so raven, like (laughs) seeing like what's in the future for the people of Israel or what God has in store for the world. Um, but they're also characterized by just having similarities, like being you know, cast out from society um, and going through crazy experiences. So you have the major prophets, which are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, and then the minor prophets, um, which I believe there's about 12 of those. And then it's in the prophets that you get the story of like Daniel um, and the lion's den and, um, you know, all like... Uh, I'm trying to think of another one that I really like. Um, Jonah, that's a, that's a really fun one. He literally is swallowed by a whale. Um, so that's kind of the book of the, the Old Testament. And a lot of people will even say, like, the Old Testament's, like, not as relevant now because um, of the New Testament and because of Jesus. But it is so beautiful to see Jesus in the Old Testament and just how God's plan all along was to bring us to him. And it's so evident um, in the history of the people of Israel in the history of the prophets in the history of the world, you know, like you can see God constantly coming after us and constantly, um, just desiring to dwell with us and to be with us. Um, and it just sets, I don't know. I just feel like it makes the depth of his love so much more evident and so much more, um, relevant as you read the new Testament as well. So the new Testament is where Jesus enters the scene. So that starts off with the gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so these are accounts of Jesus's life. This is what he um, did, what he said, um, how he interacted with people, the miracles and signs that he performed. It explains his death on the cross. Um, And then Acts is the first book that comes after the gospel and that um, kind of picks up where the gospels left off on how the disciples um, established the first churches in um, like after Jesus ascended back into heaven. And then you have um, the epistles, so that's going to include a lot of letters by Paul to um, the new churches of the ancient world, um, as well as letters from some unknown authors like Hebrews, um, and then as well as James, Peter, John, and Jude, and then 
Revelation is the last book of the Bible, which um, talks about a vision that John saw from God of what the world's going to look like um, in the new age and when Jesus returns. So that's just like a really quick synopsis of um, kind of how the Bible is categorized. But it's important to think about like the genre and the context of the books as you're reading them. Um, So I'm just going to go ahead and say that I think a really good place to start if you've never consistently read the Bible before is going to be the Gospels, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark is the most like kind of to the point one and it's also the shortest and it's pretty blunt so you know it's pretty easy to understand but I would say that John is probably my favorite just because um, of how poetic and beautiful his writing is and just how intimate you hear from Jesus and um, I think the metaphors in John um, through you know Jesus's parables and through his I am statements um, really challenge you to ask the Holy Spirit, like, what that metaphor, what that parable means to you, and, like, how you can identify with the people in the text or um, with the characters in the stories that Jesus tells. So, like I said, I just started reading a chapter a day, and there are a ton of resources that you can use to supplement your reading. I will say a disclaimer, like, even just the last few weeks, I was doing a lot of studies, um, like, book studies. Like, I had a book that ask specific questions based on the Bible reading. Sorry, I just burped. Um, <laughs> or the book that I was um, studying. And there is so much value in using those studies and being able to answer some of those questions. But I will say that sometimes I kind of hyperfixate on answering the question rather than really meditating on the word and like what the Holy Spirit is teaching me rather than what the book is teaching me. You know what I mean? So I would definitely use books and studies to supplement your Bible reading rather than to base your Bible reading off of. Because if you listen to my podcast um, on like what Dolly Barton taught me about scripture, you know, you want to be like the Bible is the primary source. Like that is, you know, how the Lord speaks to us and through us and um, how we can really hear from him. And secondary sources like studies or um, commentaries are so helpful and can really enlighten us and give us good information but it's still a secondary source it's still not the real thing Um, they can be so helpful and I've experienced that firsthand but it's not the real thing Um, so you can listen to my Dolly Parton podcast um, to hear more about that but so some good resources um, to supplement your Bible reading um, especially as you're kind of getting started and are a little bit confused Um, A website that I refer to a lot is called Enduring Word. And so Enduring Word literally breaks up um, the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and includes different commentaries on um, the scripture from different people from modern day preachers to um, commentators from hundreds of years ago. And if, especially like if you're just kind of confused on what one verse means, it's a really good resource to just kind of scroll through and find that. Um, and then some books that I've used. Um, I used a book recently to study um, First, Second, and Third John as well as Galatians, and that was by an author named N.T. Wright. I've really, really liked his books. They're really helpful. Um, I'm currently doing one on angels, and that book is by Douglas Connolly. So basically, like you'll read like a passage of scripture and then it asks um some questions or and i mean that helps me think about it a little bit deeper but also um 
it can give some more context on the verses um, either in the question or kind of as a footnote to um, the study. So I really like doing studies like that, um, ones that aren't super in-depth, but just kind of guide my reading in a helpful way. Um, another study that I've done is on the book of Mark, and that study was by Lisa Harper. And that one was a little bit more dense um, to where she was kind of telling a lot more anecdotes um, in the book. And that book was done by the same publish com- publishing company as the book that I used for a Bible study called Defined by Priscilla Schreier. And I would recommend doing those studies with a group um, and not in your own reading because that's not as helpful. But that's another huge component too, is going to Bible studies and studying the word with other people because, you know, not only are you being exposed to things that you might not have read on your own, but you're hearing so many different um, perspectives of other people and what they pulled out from the text that maybe you didn't. Or, um, you know, you are challenged to think about things a bit differently. So another huge part about reading your Bible and getting into scripture is doing it with other people and doing it in community. Um, Even if you're reading on your own, having somebody that you can text and be like, oh my gosh, like this is what I felt like the Lord was really speaking to me today. Or like this verse really stuck out to me because of this. So it doesn't even have to be like an actual like Bible study that you're in, but just somebody that you know, you can share the cool things about what you're reading. And that was something that really helped me as I was first reading the Bible was being able to text my small group leader or like some of my friends and being like, oh my gosh, like I just read this today. And I feel like this gave me a lot of clarity on this one situation I was in um, or something along those lines. But yeah, I think that another thing that's really important to remember when reading your Bible, um, people talk about how important it is to read your Bible every day. And I definitely... Um, seek to read my Bible every day, but it's really easy to like miss a day or two, especially if like you're on vacation or something and feel really guilty about it. And you're like, oh, well, I already am so behind on this Bible study. Like I might as well just stop. Or, you know, I was supposed to read, you know, this chapter today, or I've already missed like four weeks of this, like one book that I was reading through. Um, on the, you know, book of Philippians or whatever. So I'm just going to stop. And you don't have to feel like that. You know, you don't have to feel, um, like condemned or guilty or ashamed if you miss a day. Like you just like pick back up and like start reading again. And something that's really helped me with that. I stumbled across this quote in a book the other day that says, you know, God isn't mad at me. He isn't disappointed in me. He just missed me, you know? And that's, that's the truth. You know, if you, aren't like in prayer you're not reading your bible for a few days like God isn't mad at you he doesn't like have any resentment or anger towards you he just misses you and he just wants to be with you and be in community with you and um speak with you and love you and you know the enemy wants to manipulate our minds to where you know if we think that we don't check a certain box or you know, follow through on these rules that, like, God's going to be mad at us or we're bad Christians, and that's just not true, you know. God loves us and just wants to dwell with us and just wants to be with us, and so the best way to recover from not reading your Bible one day is to just read it the next day. Like, you're not, like, one and done, or if you get behind on something, it doesn't mean, like, you're a failure. It just means that, you know, you missed a day. That's okay. Like, you don't have to read that deep into it, but that's something that I definitely struggled with Um, as I was, you know, first starting to read my Bible a lot. But I think as I just, you know, reflect on 
how my Bible reading looked different from when I first started to when I really started to take something out of it to now, the obviously the scriptures didn't change. <laughs> they have been the same since they were written. Um, but I would say the only thing that changed that affected my Bible reading was how I approached it and was um, how I came before the Lord um, every day as I would open up the word. And I started off of just being like, what's going to inspire me? What's going to make me feel good? But, you know, gradually that transformed into like, what does God want to say to me today? And sometimes it's encouraging. Sometimes it's pretty convicting. And I'm like, oh, shoot, like the Lord called me out. But he did it out of love and because he wants to see me thrive and, um, you know, pursue him well. And that can be you know, a tough pill to swallow sometimes, but it's so necessary and it's so good. Um, so again, it wasn't the books I was reading. It wasn't, um, anything that I was reading in scripture that was different. Like what was different was my ability to receive the word and, um, just coming before the Lord, not in a way of like, what can I get from this? But what are you giving me through this? So, I don't know. Hopefully that helps and hopefully that kind of challenges you to change your perspective on what it looks like to read the word um, rather than just doing it out of obligation, but truly out of just a desire to know him more. So if, you know, you're thinking to yourself, you know, I feel like a book or a study would really help me as I kind of navigate this or I get back into reading the word after a long time. The best ones that are not the best ones, but ones that I really found helpful are again, um, the study defined by Priscilla Schreier. Um, and the individual um, studies done by N.T. Wright. I did one on Romans, Galatians, and then first, second, and third John through him. And I know I mentioned this one also, but again, it's called The Gospel of Mark by Lisa Harper. And then again, I would typically recommend beginning with the Gospels um, and just reading them, you know, a chapter at a time. But ultimately, just be prayerful and just come before the Lord and say, you know what, God, like, I want to know you. I want to know your word. I want... um, your word to shape me from the inside out and just kind of see where he leads you. Um, and then just to reflect a little bit more on, you know, what I mean by like when the word changes your life. Um, I know I mentioned this in the last podcast, but my friend Lily talked about how she learned in her psychology class, the concept of self-fulfilling prophecies and how if somebody says something about you, whether it's true or not, you kind of conform a little bit to act a certain way to fulfill what they said. So, for example, let's say your friend said that you're very thoughtful. Even if you're not thoughtful, your brain immediately begins to act in such a way because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And so when we fill our minds with what God says about us, with what he says in his word that, you know, you are chosen, you are my masterpiece, like you are my child, you are my son and my daughter. When we fill our minds with that by reading the word every day, we start to believe it, you know, and Not only that, but like I mentioned earlier, I would find so much connection and relation to the stories that I was reading. And even though these stories are from thousands of years ago, the word of God remains true through every generation, through every change and challenge we face. His word remains the same. 
Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he is the word. So even though, you know, you're probably told so often, you know, the Bible was written so long ago, it's not relevant anymore, it was written by white men, like, blah, 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 blah. That's not true, you know? Like, I mean, obviously it's true that it was written a long time ago, but it still is so relevant, and you're not going to understand that until you read it for yourself. And you see how, wow, you know, Jesus says, don't worry about food. I worry about food a lot. Well, how can I cast my anxieties onto him about food? Because, you know, I'm worth much more than that because he says that in the word or you know like oh like how am I ever going to get through this really tough situation that I'm in well in the you know book of Isaiah the Lord says I'm making a way in the wilderness well I can trust that even though I can't see what's before me God can and he's making a way you know like that's it like when you know the word and you know the truth and you know what God says about you that changes everything Because, you know, you don't have to worry about, like, things of this world, like, rocking you or, you know, tearing you down because your foundation is in the word and you know the truth and the truth sets you free. And you don't have to worry about, you know, food or clothing or um, how you're going to get through a situation because you can trust that God has promised in his word that he will deliver me and he has never failed and he's not going to fail now. Because I can humble myself before the Lord and think, you know what? You're not starting with me, God. Like, I'm not that special. Um, And I just think that when you know what the creator of the universe says about you, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. And, of course, that doesn't mean that, you know, something can't affect you or something can't upset you. But you can go back to the word and think, okay, you know, what I heard from this person was a lie. I can go back and see the truth that... I am chosen, that I have been bought for, I've been bought at a price, like, I matter, I have value, it doesn't matter what that person said about me, or it doesn't matter what that situation made me think about myself or my worth. So, I'm going to kind of land the plane with this quote that I saw as I was getting into um, my faith, basically, Um, and it says, girl, read your Bible, you can eat all the kale, buy all the things, lift all the weights, take all the trips, trash all that doesn't spark joy wash your face and hustle like mad but if you don't rest your soul in jesus you'll never find your peace and purpose and that really just struck me where i needed it at the time and it still strikes me today because i think that we are always looking for the next thing and once we achieve it then we'll be happy we'll be good but you know as somebody who you know did all the fitness things that I thought I was supposed to do and looked the way that I'd always dreamed of, I felt so broken and so sad and so unfulfilled. And it wasn't until I realized that my identity and my worth wasn't in what I looked like or how many of these fitness rules or society rules that I followed that meant I was pretty or worth it or um, popular that that didn't matter, that I was still always going to be broken and unfulfilled if I didn't have Christ in my life. And his word taught me where my value was. His word allows him to speak to us every day. If you're reading and, like, you're specifically drawn to this verse or you can't get it out of your mind, like, the Lord's doing that. Like, that's him. That's him speaking to you, you know? And, you know, all these other things, like, they spark joy, but there's only one true joy, and that's found in him. And I just encourage you to, you know, lay down your addictions, whatever that may be, and surrender the things that occupy your time and give 
just an hour of your day to start to the Lord and to be in the word and to just be in prayer and community with him. And you'll be shocked on how it changes your life. So if you have any other questions about that um, or would like any more specific resources, please reach out to me and I would love to give them to you. Um, And yeah, I just really encourage you to open up your Bible and I think you'll be really surprised with how um, it truly does have relevance and um, so much to speak into our lives today and how it's specifically going to speak into your life. So, oh, well, I hope that you guys have a good day and that um, you come back next time for another podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and you'll hear me next time. (laughs) Bye-bye.